KTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, the mainland's top respiratory diseases expert says dynamic zero COVID remains the goal as the country won't allow lots of elderly people to die. Local authorities say the government's new vaccine pass may be extended to cover kids aged 12 or under later. And witnesses report seeing convoys of armored military vehicles entering the separatist-controlled city of Donetsk in Ukraine. The mainland's top respiratory diseases expert Zhong Nanshang says the country and the SAR will not allow a large number of elderly people to die of COVID-19. And dynamic zero COVID remains the policy goal. Timmy Sung has more details. In a video message to Hong Kong people, Zhong Nanshan said while the symptoms of Omicron are relatively mild compared to other variants, it's much more infectious than flu, and the mortality rate is high among the elderly population. He said regardless of people's political stance, the most important thing in the fight against the virus is people's lives. And he said this ideology is different to some Western countries. The experts said the guiding principle of fighting COVID-19 on the mainland and in the SAR is to put people's lives and health first. We will not allow a large number of elderly people to die of natural infection. Therefore, our policy of dynamic COVID-0 remains unchanged, Dr. Zhang said. The mainland experts said it's not appropriate for those who come down with the virus to stay at home and they should be isolated which he said is key in controlling the epidemic here. He said although temporary hospitals were being built at Penis Bay and the Kaitak Pier, the government should also consider using sports venues as well as convention centres if necessary. Dr Zhang also noted the vaccination rate among elderly people aged 60 and above is still undesirable. He says senior citizens must get their booster shot in order to bring down the mortality rate. Deputy Health Secretary Kevin Choi says the vaccine pass scheme may apply to those under 12 years old later. The government has said children younger than 12 will be exempt from the jab requirement for entry to places like shopping malls and supermarkets when the vaccine pass mandate starts on Thursday. But Mr. Choi told an RTHK program the scheme may be extended to include younger children later. Vaccination for children started relatively late. We are giving kids aged between 3 and 12 jabs in phases. So at the moment, the vaccine pass only applies for those 12 years old or above. Recent cases show unvaccinated children and elderly may be seriously ill if infected, so getting jab can help them. And we don't rule out lowering the age applicable for the vaccine pass, but we will think about that carefully. A government advisor on COVID-19 vaccinations says they're mulling giving a third booster shot to teenagers who've received two doses of the vaccine. Professor Ivan Hung from the University of Hong Kong said he's suggested giving the booster to teens once six months have elapsed, but added this could be shortened to three months. He made the comments in response to a question on RTHK's backchat program. I myself have been proposing at various meetings that for children who have already received two doses of the vaccine, you know, for those between the age of 12 and 17, to receive the third dose once six months have passed. We are now even considering reducing like three months that they could actually receive the third dose. But that, of course, has to be further discussed at the scientific committee uh, and have their approval. Because the third dose, I think, is very important to fight against the Omicron. Experts had previously said there was no need for adolescents to get a third jab before the Omicron outbreak hit Hong Kong. 
An IT expert says the government has struck the right balance between addressing privacy and public health concerns when the vaccine pass scheme is rolled out from Thursday. Francis Fong, the honorary president of the Hong Kong Information Technology Federation, says the government has not imposed location tracking or real name registration on its Leave Home Safe app. He said tracking of COVID cases by restaurants would be done using a separate app. There's another app from the uh, FEHD. So the app will scan your vaccine record and show that how many jabs that you take. And also they will store the record for 31 days in the, into the app. But the restaurant owner, of course, they cannot uh, see it because the, uh, the, all the data inside the app has been encrypted. And uh, only un- until that there is confirmed cases in the um, restaurant, for example, the uh, CHP will request the um, uh, restaurant owner to upload the data into the uh, government server and uh, they can do the tracking things. About 50 preliminary positive cases have been detected at a building in Maan Shan following a lockdown. Those living at Chung Wo House at the Chung An Estate have been allowed to leave the building since 10 o'clock this morning. The public housing block was sealed off yesterday after t- sewage samples from the building tested positive for COVID. A coalition of migrant workers groups says many foreign domestic helpers are afraid to seek help from authorities if they contract COVID as they're afraid of losing their jobs. It comes after reports that some workers were sacked after testing positive and were even left homeless. Sringatan, a spokesperson for the Asian Migrants Coordinating Body, says helpers are caught in a difficult position. We received that many of them also so stressed because in December... They don't have any rest day up to yesterday. And also uh, last Sunday, there is, uh, you know, the, so many police and also the announcement from the government. So many of the domestic workers, they are also worried if they get arrested. So that's why they choose to stay inside of the employer house when they don't have any room. The general post office is closed until tomorrow for cleaning and disinfection after two staff there tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. Hong Kong Post says their daily duties involve back office work and accepting mail items at counters behind a partition. Meanwhile, the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department also announced that one of its staff has tested preliminary positive. Its food import and export section in Mong Kok will be shut until tomorrow for disinfection. Overseas eyewitness reports from Donetsk, one of the two breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine, say convoys of armored military vehicles have been seen entering the main city. The reports come a few hours after Russian President Vladimir Putin signed a decree recognizing the independence of Donetsk and Lugansk, which are controlled by Russian-backed separatists. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg has the latest. President Putin criticized what he called the aggressive nationalistic character of the authorities in Kiev. I consider it necessary, he said, to immediately recognize the independence and sovereignty of the Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics. After weeks of diplomacy, with a string of Western leaders coming to Moscow, urging, imploring Vladimir Putin to step back from the brink, the Kremlin leader has chosen escalation. There's been widespread international condemnation of Mr. Putin's announcement. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres described it as a blatant violation of international law. His statement was read out in the United Nations briefing room by his spokesman, Stefan Jujarek. 
the Secretary General considers the decision of the Russian Federation to be a violation of the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Ukraine and inconsistent with the principles of the Charter of the United Nations. The United Nations, in line with the relevant General Assembly resolutions, remains fully supportive of the sovereignty, independence, and territorial integrity of Ukraine within its internationally recognized borders. China's UN Ambassador Zhang Jun, meanwhile, called for restraint and said all parties should make every effort to find a diplomatic solution to the Ukraine crisis. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine has made a late-night television address to the nation. Speaking just ahead of the scheduled meeting of the UN Security Council in New York, he said Russia was violating the integrity and sovereignty of his country. We are on our own land. We are not afraid of anything or anyone. We owe nothing to anyone and will not give anything to anyone. We're sure of that. Because now is not February 2014, it's February 2022. Another country, another army, one goal, peace. Peace in Ukraine. The British government has announced plans to scrap England's remaining COVID laws. The Prime Minister Boris Johnson told Parliament it was time to rely on vaccinations and treatments to control the pandemic rather than government intervention. He said people would no longer be legally required to isolate after a positive test. It's only because levels of immunity are so high and deaths are now, if anything, below where you would normally expect uh, for this time of year that we can lift these restrictions. And it's only because we know Omicron is less severe that testing for Omicron on the colossal scale we've been doing is much less important and much less valuable in preventing serious illness. HSBC says annual net profit for 2021 almost tripled to 12.6 billion US dollars as the bank declared a second interim dividend of 18 US cents per share. The British bank says all its businesses across the world were profitable during the year. Pre-tax profit more than doubled on year to 18.9 billion US dollars thanks to a smaller than expected credit loss and impairment charges. The bank also says it plans to start an additional incremental share buyback of up to 1 billion US dollars. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,446. That's 721 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $82.1 billion. And looking at currencies a short while ago, the U.S. dollar would purchase 114.66 yen. The euro stood at 1 U.S. dollar and 12 cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 59 cents. In sports, and the world's number one tennis player, Novak Djokovic, has made a winning return, beating Italian Lorenzo Musetti 6-3-6-3 in the round of 32 at the Dubai Championships. It was the Serbian's first competitive match since being deported ahead of last month's Australian Open over his vaccination status. Tennis journalist Rahim Abdul-Lahil says Djokovic could lose his top ranking due to a lack of action. I think that Novak already has been playing a lighter schedule after he achieved the the most weeks at number one. When he was chasing that record for weeks at number one, he was playing a lot. And then when he shifted his focus to try and break the Grand Slam record, that's when he started playing less, uh, fewer tournaments. Uh, Now it's going to be even fewer, and it's not by choice, which is what he told us yesterday in Dubai. He's like, I'll go wherever I'm allowed to. 
So, yes, I, I think that it's going to become a selling point for some tournaments when they do have Novak there. I think his ranking will also suffer as a consequence. He might actually lose the number one ranking this week. We'll see how much he will drop moving forward if he's not able to play the same tournaments he played last year as well. That's going to be a factor. In football, Napoli have failed to take first place in the Italian Serie A after dropping points at Cagliari. Details from the BBC's Paul Serres. Napoli missed the chance to go top of Serie A, needing a late goal from Nigeria striker Victor Osimhen to rescue a point away at relegation-threatened Cagliari. Napoli remained third in the table behind both Milan clubs, with just two points separating the top three. In the day's other match in Italy, Marco Arnautovic scored twice as Bologna came from behind to beat Spezia 2-1, while in Spain, the bottom side Levante got a late equaliser in a 1-1 draw away at Celta Vigo. Attention turns to the Champions League tonight when holders Chelsea take on the French champions Lille at Stamford Bridge for the first leg of their round of 16 tie. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel says Lille pose a danger to his side despite their poor domestic season so far. We all know like how, how physical the French, the French football is. We know how physical the offensive players are in French football very fast. Very, very brave in, in one-on-one challenges, always a threat on, on counter-attacks, very disciplined against the ball. And they have the chance to play this game as underdogs and in a mentality where they have nothing to lose and they will, they will take it from there. Also on schedule tonight, the Europa League winners Villarreal host Juventus in the last 16 first leg. Tomorrow, my, tomorrow night, Manchester United travel to Atletico Madrid and Benfica host Ajax. Former world number one golfer Rory McIlroy says the Saudi Arabia-backed Super League is dead in the water after Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau both reaffirmed their commitment to the PGA Tour. McIlroy was also critical of six-time major winner Phil Mickelson, who had previously expressed interest in the breakaway tournament. I thought they were naive, selfish, uh, egotistical, uh, ignorant just very surprising and uh, disappointing, sad, um, and I'm sure he's sitting at home sort of rethinking his position and, and where he goes from here. And to the weather forecast, it'll be cold and cloudy to overcast with rain, which will be more frequent at times. Moderate and fresh northerly winds, occasionally strong on high ground. The outlook, it will still be cold in the mornings in the next few days. The weather will improve tomorrow afternoon, and it will be mainly fine in, in the latter part of this week. Temperatures will rise progressively, and the temperature difference between day and night will be quite large. Currently at the observatory, it's 12 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity, 96%. And please be advised the cold weather warning is currently in force. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. It's Tuesday, so we talk food and drink, a topic close to my heart. After 1.30, my guest this week on Soundbite is Anjali Kailka. She's a design, thinking and change management consultant and has lived in Hong Kong for 15 years and previously lived in seven countries and 11 cities around the world. So she's certainly well-traveled and she'll be sharing her special food memories as she tells us about her soundbite. After 2 p.m. today, Andrew Dembina is here with his tasty selection of servings from the local and global food and drink scene. So that is all coming up. And of course, I've got some great music and I've got the catch-up song all lined up. So enjoy this one. <laughs> 